Hello folks, how are you going? Welcome to my podcast. It's called Daughter Talks. My name's Adam Jacobs and yes, in case you are wondering, the name does relate directly to the fact that I've recently become a father. Hello! It's very exciting news it is. She's eight weeks old now, so she's been down the road a little bit. She's had a look around. She's stuck her head up and gone, okay, I sort of see what's going on here. And this podcast is a chance for me to prepare myself and to share my ideas as I contemplate the conversations that I will inevitably have to have with my darling daughter. When she's old enough, of course. She's not asking too many questions right now. But this, really, what I want to explore are the the proper conversations the must, that's it, the must-have conversations that I think sometimes we're a little bit afraid to consider as parents. As parents, it's important that we wait for our children to be ready for certain uh, discussions. And I'm not talking about anything extra secret, extra intimate or anything like that. I'm talking about all those complicated things to do with the emotional dimensions of what it means to be afflicted with the human condition, if you know what I'm saying. So no, I won't be exploring uh, how the conversation I'll have with my daughter when I explain to her how to check the oil in the car or how to fill in a rental application. Or yeah. Any child of mine will know how to do those things. Oh, something's beeping at me. I'm in the car at the moment, driving through uh, the outer suburbs of Melbourne on my way to the thing I do every day. Because I do, I get on stage and I tell jokes. I do do that. That's what I do. But then I also go to a place called work, which is a school, because I teach. And then I tell young people what, what it's all about. So today's daughter talk is to do with love to hate. Love to hate. Now that's a hard concept to explain to a young person. You say, look, everyone loves to love, have the feeling of wanting to be connected and connect with others and have hugs and kisses and all that sort of stuff like I do with my daughter right now. We have hugs, we do. She's a little bit small, she can't actually get her arms around. She can sort of kind of around my neck a little bit, but... She doesn't even actually have control, really, of her arms. She's flailing about. But I, I, her flailing, in my head, is just an, an eager attempt by her to, to hug me. She's teaching herself to hug. She looks at me and she feels the, the warm embrace and she thinks, oh, I want to be able to do that. So anyway, she's getting better. She is. She really is. But of course, as we get older... Oh, She's going to be watching people. She's going to think, why do those people, they don't like each other. they constantly bickering and fighting with each other. Why are they still together? Why do people stick together in what appears to be the most awful circumstances? Well, it's a good question. It is a good question. And it's funny, human beings. We really love to hate. We do. We love to hate 
And I think we know that a lot of social media is full of examples of that sort of thing. And the reason why we do is because we want to survive. It's important that we are aware of the threats. So it's very, we're very triggered. That's the word today. That's what they use today, don't they? Human beings are prepared to criticise very, very quickly because we need to identify weakness, especially in the clan. That's why we get onto people's backs so readily. It's like, we're getting, hey, you, pull your socks up. That's what we're like. Pull your socks up because you're letting the rest of us down. And it's just ancient brain, clan mentality where we can't afford to be carrying those who aren't pulling their weight, so to speak. Now, of course, the modern modern world doesn't really work quite as black and white as that, but there's old parts of our brain that we have to we have to train and we have to be aware of because they're constantly kicking in. They're constantly teasing us to they want because they want to be excited. Oh, it's very easy. It's very easy for us to get critical. Social media, in many ways, has enabled that because of the degree of rationalising that we may or may not have done. It's now been removed. We can just do the rant. We can just get on the Facebook and the whatevers and go blah, 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 blah. And we don't have to think about it. All right. So that's what I'll expose. She'll come to me and say, Dad... Why do people love to hate us? Well, that's about it, sweetheart. Do you see what I'm saying? They are actually addicted to exciting ancient parts of their brain that are to do with the survival response. That's all it is. They don't hate each other. In fact, it doesn't really have anything to do with the individuals, the people. It's got nothing to do with the people. It's to do with this reaction that they excite in each other. She'd go, oh, she might not do that. She might go, what, what, what? And then I'll have to explain it in other terms, which is, yeah, fair enough. So I'll, I'll tell her, sweetheart, it's not always easy to deal with this, even if you're in outside of the relationship, because people aren't able to understand what is actually being said what is actually being communicated in regards to this sort of uh, dimension. But if you're involved in a relationship like that, it's even harder again, obviously, because you are having the excitement. And it is exciting. You think about it. You think about leisure time activities. People go out and they go hunting, don't they? And they involve themselves in combat exercises, not necessarily actual combat, but there's things like kickboxing and martial arts training. People aren't actually sparring each other necessarily, but we're involved in all these ancillary acts of aggression, training ourselves in response to the survival instinct to be better for the clan, for the clan ultimately. A lot of people look you know, we look at these MMA guys and we look at these fitness junkies and we think, oh, it's very self, very selfish, very self-involved. Well, there is actually a way that you can look at that and say, well, they're least selfish than the rest of us. 
they are. They're the least selfish because they are doing what they can to make themselves more fortified, to make themselves better for the rest of us. Well, it's controversial. It's controversial. And I fully appreciate that. I appreciate it. So, I'll say to a sweetheart, how do we avoid this? That's the next question she'll ask. She'll say, Dad, how do I avoid becoming someone who loves to hate? I said, oh, sweetheart. It's about self-awareness. And it always is, unfortunately. It'd be good if when we were born as humans, we could just turn on the on switch and then just follow our noses. But we can't. We've got to be in a monitoring phase. As soon as, as, as soon as we're able to, in the sort of late teenagers, we should all be at the stage where we can be self-aware, even if we are still making a lot of mistakes. And t- trust me, mistakes are essential. The majority of any success is made up of mistakes. And at the end of the day, the ultimate success story anyone can hope to be a part of is the formation of self the formation of you, the person known as you. It's not about winning awards and getting money and all that. It's got nothing to do with it. Talking about you becoming functional self. That's making mistakes consistently, but without them being, you know, big mistakes. Mm. That's that's a separate conversation. We won't worry about that right now. But I will tell her. I'll say, sweetheart, look. You've got to monitor yourself. You've got to look at the situation. You've got to take a step back. And you've got to, you've got to stock take. You've got to stock take. Put all the ingredients together of the situation you're in and look at the goods and the bads and then say to yourself, oh, okay, right, I see. Yeah, yeah, something's not quite right there. And you don't, and I suppose it does come down to significant other person in your life, whether it's, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it might be, or wife or a husband. And early on in romantic pursuits, often people will be attracted to the to the bad boy or the bad girl or the and good guys finish last and all this which is all a load of nonsense, essentially. People who are attracted to the dysfunctional, so to speak, are excited by the part of the brain that's that's being activated in the stress of that situation that's what they're attracted to you know with that so of course there's a personality probably connection as well and you know not all bad boys or bad girls are horrible people they're just dysfunctional potentially but we uh, some people find themselves attracted to people like that because they don't realize that it's actually just a part of an ancient part of their brain that's just being excited in this sort of refreshing new way it's kind of a very exciting negativity which is a weird contradiction i accept that now you're probably very good at being friends with that person but that's too that's difficult to manage so I'll say to her look sweetheart do the stock take weigh it all up decide what is healthy and what isn't and what's sustainable is a really good way to look at it 
is this sustainable? Now, if you're yelling and screaming with this person every time you see them, I suggest to you that that's not sustainable. Once you've made that decision, you then take a step back and you look at the experience, the, the fact that you're in love with the experience of being with that person and not necessarily in love with the person. And that's where you go, well, when it comes to having affection for a bit of argy-bargy, which is really what you're doing, you're finding favour, you're you find it very appealing to be involved in a bit of conflict. That's because of, part of you wants to be the survivor, wants to be the warrior, you know, caveman style. Then you can start seeing where that part of yourself can be explored and excited and become a part of a healthy part of your life in other dimensions. And there's lots of ways that that can be excited, that part of yourself, with ambition. I will go to uni and I'm going to be the top of my class. Or I'm going to become a mountain climber and I'm going to climb the, the tallest, all the tallest mountains in the world. Or I'm going to become a volcanologist and I'm going to surf lava flows in Hawaii. There's lots of other ways that you can excite this part of your brain. And that's when you start exploring your options in that way as far as life being is sort of a, a collection of multi-dimensional sort of activities. Unfortunately, when we rely on another person to excite all this, this survival kind of responses, then we are getting a, a very powerful version of, those, um, of that excitement. It's a very dynamic, engaging version of that excitement. And that's, but, you know, that's, and that, that's the trick of it, essentially. You've got to look at the fact that you're attracted to the feelings that a person gives you and not necessarily that person as a, as a, as a personality, as an as a entity that has a particular personality traits that you find fulfilling and life-giving and you can appreciate in a sustainable way. Yes, 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 yes. And then, hopefully, she'll say to me, Thanks, Dad. That was, wow. I never. It's that's a good answer. She'll say, "Good answer." I'll be sure to. I'll, I'll take up kickboxing, Dad. That's what I'll do before I get a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a friends or whatever besties. I'll make sure I take up kickboxing first. And then I'll say, well, let's start simplifying it a little bit, love, but more or less, yeah, yeah, that's basically, that's basically it. Don't, uh, don't put everything into someone else, you know. Yes, that's right. Don't put all your heart eggs 
into a person's heart basket. You've got to spread a bit. Of, you've got to spread your heart around. You've got to have some love for your for your for your sports and for your career ambitions. And you've got to have love for yourself. And then you've got to have love for your family. And then you've got to have love. You start. Then you start having love for other people. That's the order, essentially. Yes, that's the order. <sighs> All right. Well, that's episode one of Daughter Talks. I hope there was something in that for you. It's a pretty. It's not always easy to have these conversations. My name's Adam Jacobs, and I'll do this again very soon. <laughs>